Today's episode of the Film Stage Show is brought to you by Mubi, the online streaming cinema. For your free 30-day trial, go to mubi.com slash filmstage. Hey, show the shape. Hey, show the shape. Even mucks about with those who cannot bleat. Keep it in mind. He's one of a kind. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of the Film Stage Show, the movie review podcast for thefilmstage.com. As always, I'm your host, Brian J. Rowan. With me today, we have Michael Snydell. Hello. Bill Graham. Woo! And a special guest with us today to talk about a Sean the Sheep movie, colon, Farmageddon. It's Sean Gilman. Hi. Hello. You are here joining us for the first time since Ash is purest white. That is true. Indeed. Uh, would you like to reintroduce yourself to our audience by telling them a little about uh, who you are and uh, what you do around the internet? Uh, yeah, I live in Tacoma. I'm a stay-at-home dad. I write mostly about Chinese movies. I write at the Movie Notebook uh, column on contemporary Chinese cinema, and I also run a website called Seattle Screen Scene, which covers uh, art house and... Uh, other kind of specialty releases in the Seattle area. All right. Excellent. And you have gone from a Chinese crime epic to a dialogue free British stop motion children's film. My interests are are vast. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, I'm the same way. (laughs) I I like all kinds of things. I I love Shaun the Sheep. I have for a long time. And as, as we were just discussing, the, the, the two films do have uh, significant well, plot element in common. So. <laughs> that is not, not, a, not entirely is, random. It is a joke, but it is not a joke that that is true. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's the, the year has come and we are like less than two full months into it. And I've already thrown around a significant amount of weight to get two films on this podcast. <laughs> One of them was A Hidden Life. The new film by Terrence Malick. And the other is Sean the Sheep movie, Farmageddon. I'm still not sure anyone can actually see A Hidden Life still anywhere across the country by the time we put out that episode. But it was a delight to record. (laughs) Solely for the people who'd already seen it. And all the people in the future who will find it on DVD. Or Blu-ray or streaming or whatever the fuck. Uh, And congratulations to me. I'm the first one to drop an R-rated word on this children's episode. (laughs) Fuck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The seal has been broken. Uh, So yeah, before we get into our full review of uh, Sean the Sheep movie, Farmageddon, which from this point on I will simply call Farmageddon. Uh, the usual stuff. Find us on Twitter at Film Stage Show, Facebook, The Film Stage Show. And of course, you can email us podcast at filmstage.com. Go and give us a comment and a rating on iTunes. If you would like to support this show beyond just listening to us, you can go to patreon.com slash the film stage show to give us your money. For as little as $1 an episode, you help us produce this. You get access to our Slack channel and first crack at all of our raffles. What else? Uh, we are, of course, brought to you by Mubi. The online streaming cinema. Um, we're talking about a Netflix movie today. And and it was so hard to find this movie on Netflix. I um, It's in I, recently added, which is 
I did choice. I I went to recently added or like whatever, and it was it was not there. So then I had to go to search, and then I had to type out the full word Sean, and then it was there finally. Um, so that's fun. It's still uh, better than when I tried to do Velvet Buzzsaw, and I had to <laughs> type out Velvet Buzz before it gave me the goddamn movie. Sure. But still not that I, great. I would be very curious in the internal way that Netflix decides to categorize movies. Because it doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> it doesn't. Like, so so. this is all to say that a movie only has 30 movies at any given yeah. time. And they, they put it right up front. It's just a list. It's an ordered list. <laughs> it's great. They have a limited selection. So you don't end up just re-watching, I don't know, How I Met Your Mother or Frasier or some bullshit. You actually see them there. You know how much time you've got. You can structure your day. You can download them so you can watch them on the go. But, like, just... I I know that, like, algorithms are supposed to make our lives easier. But, like, it just never works for me. (laughs) I once binge-watched, like, a season of Ozark in preparation for the next season of Ozark. And then the next day, when the second season of Ozark dropped, it wasn't on my list. It couldn't have been easier. They could have just put continue watching and it would have worked for me, but it didn't. It's so stupid, which is why it's great that Mubi forgoes all that stuff, curates a fine selection of films, and then just puts them out there. Also, their app is by far the best. And again, I think that's because of their limited selection. Uh, They've got some great stuff going on right now. They have Yuzo Kawashima's post-war Japan and they have an exclusive no, called A Burden of Love. <clears throat> There's baby fever in post-war, post-occupation Japan. Nearly every woman, young or old, married or single, desirous or not, faces motherhood in Yuzo Kawashima's socially-minded farce. This clever mixture of comedy and issue film showcases the director's great ability to juggle large ensembles. So there's that. Last week we talked about Last Man in Aleppo. And uh, there's a whole bunch of other really great stuff. Uh, They do independent films, world cinema, classics, all that wonderful stuff. So if you would like a free 30-day trial of Mubi so that you can see the kind of joy that streaming video can be when you detach it from just the madness of the algorithm and massive, massive data dumps, go to mubi.com slash filmstage. Again, that is mubi.com slash filmstage. Just because I'm thinking about it, and I guess because we're going to be talking about a children's film, has anyone else, does anyone else here use Disney Plus? Yes. I do. <laughs> okay. Have you noticed that, like, if you have a child account and an adult account, some movies just yeah. don't show up on the child account, even though they're children's movies? What's an example? Uh, the other day, my daughter was like, I want to watch The Incredibles. And I was like, that's perfectly reasonable. I could either get the DVD and put it in, or we are already in Disney+. Plus. I will just search. <laughs> and so I searched under her profile, and uh, it would not give me The Incredibles. And so I had to go to my profile and look for The Incredibles to put The Incredibles in. Is, is, is it- that PG-13? It, it might be PG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. That's so weird that they're so they're like they're they're really like oh parental guidance like legitimately. <laughs> well, I think I think maybe if you set it like 
how did you set it up? Did you set it up as quote unquote a children's profile? Because I bet you there are some defaults on there that automatically come Maybe. in. Maybe and I so, could say like she's eight and then they'd let her watch the incredible. Or or you can probably go in and just edit the permissions. Yeah. And that'll I, probably I, I and, and just slide it once. all the way over to uh what is it, N C seventeen, I believe? Yeah. <laughs> slide it all the way over there. I'm sure. I'm sure Disney Plus will uh, will eventually fill that out. How was that what Song of the South got by the MPAA? (laughs) (laughs) It's um, it's just weird because like you know Netflix, Netflix, I can kind of understand like how they do it seemingly, you know, because they have their Mm -hmm. children's profiles, but those are just becoming a rank insult to me because it's a bunch of cheapo CGI animated shit from Canada. Uh, any any parents any parents out there who've ever had to watch Sorry, True in the Canada. Rainbow Kingdom, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but we're here this to talk about a good children's movie today. Uh, on Netflix right now, it is a Shaun the Sheep movie, Farmageddon, uh, the sequel to the hopefully by now classic Shaun the Sheep movie, which I... <laughs> famously argued deserved an a rating (laughs) on the film stage and jordan was like you know we give out like two of these every four years and i said yes and we're giving one to sean the sheep so we're here to talk about did you win that one i did yeah if you go there now you see and i wrote like i don't know a thousand words about how great that movie was and that movie gets a lot of interesting that that is not on any streaming service. Yep. And but Sean the Sheep the show is on Amazon Prime. Yes. So they're scattered. Let's put it that way. I know. It's crazy. Uh, anyway, here is the trailer. Sean's back. But there's a new arrival in town. Lola. Who's a little alien. Oh. She's about to discover that our world is pretty sweet. All right, that's the trailer for Farmageddon. Again, out on Netflix now. Uh, uh, So, yeah, we're going to do a spoiler section, I guess. I don't know how we're going to define that. But we will start off, of course, with our nutshell reviews, just to let the people at home know what we think of this movie up front. So we begin with our guest, Sean Gilman. Sean Gilman, what did you think of Farmageddon? Uh, I don't know how you really uh, review a Sean the Sheep movie, because <laughs> it's, hard. it's it's so unobjectionable in any way. Like, it's, it's so uh, uh, just perfect at what it is it's uh it's delightful um yeah i i love it i watched it with my kids they loved it i asked them because i knew i was doing this and and they wanted to participate i asked them to tell me what their favorite parts of it were and they said all of the funny parts <laughs> so, <laughs> that like is... if, if 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 i got to review it in a nutshell that that is my review we, we liked all of the funny parts how old are your children <laughs> uh eight and uh six almost seven Okay, so. my daughter is like three and seven months. So yeah, 
Oh, I, I was about to say, you have a seven-year-old, Brian? <laughs> I've is, collected is a child. <laughs> 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 uh, my sister, without provocation today, sent a bunch of pictures to me. And um, like I found like there were her kids, her husband, and then just a random like infant. And I was like, who the hell is that? <laughs> She's like, oh, that's like my friend's baby. And I was like, well, I don't know them. Get them off of my phone. <laughs> <laughs> delete this message from my phone come what over I here care about this, this random baby <laughs> jeez uh, okay yeah all right bill graham what did you think of sean the sheep farm again um yeah i i have to agree um this movie is hard to review uh i found it delightful look um I've I, I just really find a soft spot for all of Ardman Entertainment's uh is it entertainment? I think Ardman Entertainment. Uh anyways Ardman uh, Animation. Animation. Um I just really find a soft spot for their stuff. Um they just they're really clever, they're smart, they're fun, um, they're beautifully animated, and uh as we were talking off pod, uh you know uh, how much cgi is involved in this uh, who the fuck knows uh i don't know if all that many people care but um yeah they, they are really the one studio that is keeping up um doing this kind of uh what is it claymation style stop motion animation there's a few others i, I mean i guess like a is, is that r.i.p is that too soon I don't know. I don't remember what happened to Leica. Leica, Leica had something happen to them pretty traumatic. Yeah, they've definitely had a few, but you know, relative flops compared to. Yeah, they were really, well, I, they were really sweating. No, missing Link being a hit, like they, yeah. they did a blitz. Yeah. Oh, that, that, that was Leica as well. Okay, I, I, for yeah. some reason, I thought that was Ardman. So, okay, nope. yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, then, yeah, so they're still in the game. <laughs> um, yeah, they're the only real, uh, kind of big studio that I know that is actually doing stop motion. Every now and then, some of the others will kind of, uh, throw their hat in the ring. Um, I'm pretty sure Anomalisa was also stop motion, but that's, that was a very, uh, kind of one-off situation. Um, so Ardman really is the ones that uh, have kind of kept with this and uh, it, their films are just really, really classically uh, fun and adventurous and easy to kind of get along with. Uh, there's not a lot of buttons that they're trying to push. They're just trying to have fun. And, uh, you know, in this kind of package, it's, it's a delight uh, what is this? Like an hour and twenty minutes or something like that? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, that's that's yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's right up my alley. <laughs> <Plus credits. laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, and and, and uh, definitely stay for the credits. Yeah. All right, Michael Snydell. Yeah, you know what? Um, our Ardman has been someone I've really loved for a while. Yeah, it, it, as as Bill said, like other than like uh, you know who. Uh, again, I, I'm not quite ready to say R.I.P. to them, but you know they they have um, struggled. But like, I, and you know, every once in a while, G Kids may have a stop motion film. I really liked My Life as a Zucchini from uh, a few years ago. Um, but I, I think I was a little worried about Ardman, to be perfectly honest, after Early Man from last year. 
which really just felt kind of very flat and recycled to me. So uh, watching this was really kind of uh, a, a joy. And um, I think compared to the first Shaun the Sheep movie, which uh, is one of the most perfectly paced kids movies I think I've ever seen. Um, this thing is, is a little bit more all over the place and scattered. And I didn't, it didn't, if Sean, the sheep, the first movie has like a 90% hit rate. I would say this has like an 80% hit rate, which is still pretty damn high. Um, and I, I have to say too, I was kind of amazed with all of the homages they get in here. You know, everything from doctor who to close encounters to, uh, the X-Files theme, which I don't know how mm-hmm. they got this in this movie. Like, I'm really curious about this, whether this is like a dumb Starbucks uh, type, uh, you know, parody law thing. <laughs> but um, anyways, yeah, I, I had a really good time with this. Um, it's it, it definitely follows the mold of Ardman's movies, but it's. There's just a lot of like really smart sight gags that aren't what you expected. And again, I can't say how much I'm happy that this is a turnaround after early man. Cause that was just, uh, that was really kind of a bummer for me. I, and the thing I'll say, and I don't think I've seen quite enough from them with, with dialogue, but I think I generally prefer when there are, less words um in ardman stuff um like uh, like chicken run is probably uh like towards the bottom uh, like while wallace and gromit and Sean the sheep are right at the top for me so i I, i'm kind of curious if anyone has a different opinion other than that or everything's just perfect (laughs) but uh yeah i had a really good time with this one as for me, um, Shaun the Sheep, I think, was uh, my second highest rated movie of that year. Like, I th- it was on my list, and it was that just... That was Fury Road year, wasn't it? <laughs> was it? I mean... I think so. I can't remember. Let me take a look. Yeah, it was 2015. Yeah, 2015. This is amazing. My number one was World of Tomorrow. My number two was Sean the Sheep movie. My number three was Sicario. <laughs> My number four was Anomalisa. My number five was Inside Out. And then I had Ballet 422. So if you were to look at this, uh, I don't what know what fuck? you would assume about me as a person. Jesus I mean, Ballet 422 rules. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that movie is... that. I the watch that sometimes just when I need to feel good. You know? And it's... <laughs> That is legitimately one of the best twist endings that isn't really a twist ending, but does recontextualize yeah. the whole movie in a way that makes my jaw drop. Yeah, it's, it's a lovely doc. Sorry. Yeah, that's <laughs> a great doc. Uh, but so <laughs> that is to say that Sean the Sheep movie clearly holds a, a big place in my heart. And um, so it's going to be difficult for any film uh, to top it. In fact, I'm looking at my tentative top 10 of the 2010s. And Shaun the Sheep movie is also on that. So I don't know that Farmigan never had a chance to really top that. I will say, though, that it, it it's it's a good movie. It's really great. I, I watched this with my daughter today. Um, she liked it. She watched the whole thing, which is a thing that doesn't sometimes happen with movies, um, especially new movies. And I am... Um, 
Do you wish this was in theaters, Bren? Yes, I do. I 100% do. This movie was shot in like two something aspect ratio, like 285 maybe. Like, and it, I was just like watching this on my TV, which is not a bad TV. But at the same time, I was like, I still like it still should be so much bigger. It should be so much sure. wider. And um, yeah, I just uh, the- this is two thirty five one, and the first movie was one eight five. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. there, there there were a couple of scenes where I noticed. I'm I'm pretty sure it was this film uh, where there were some things that happened like above the frame that were not in the frame. Mm-hmm. Like things things moved right out of the frame, and I was like, "Oh, that's." And I don't know if it, I mean I assume Netflix cropped it specifically to maintain the aspect ratio, but wasn't Netflix the one that like not that long ago had like a bunch of like kerfluffle because they were messing with the aspect ratio? Was that not them? I, think I mean, it, it sounds like them. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Netflix did like crop. There will be blood or something like that. I think it was yeah. an older mm-hmm. film. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, like what you're saying. Not, not the, not, yeah. Not, not to shit on Netflix too much, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, sure. you know, it's fine. I know. I'm not, not any more than we have. To. I am. I am <laughs> still annoyed that this movie didn't come out in theaters. Cause like, if it, like, let's say you're a parent this weekend and you want to take your kids out to see a movie you could either get like last run of frozen 2 or whatever the fuck is out birds of prey uh, that's sonic already movie <laughs> or you got sonic like this would have been like great counter programming cuz on one hand you have a cgi hedgehog who won't shut the hell up and on the other hand you've got this adorable handmade movie where no one says a word um so I, well, yeah. I mean, the, the other one was handmade by uh, by audiences. Uh, they're, they're <laughs> tweet made. <laughs> yes, tweet made. Um, so yeah, I uh, but I really like this. I liked all the little homages that were thrown in, the little the little calls to things. It's it didn't strike me as emotionally hard as uh, Shaun the Sheep movie did the first one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that movie, like. There's a scene in that movie where I'm just like, I almost cried in the theater. The junkyard? Yeah, when they're singing. (laughs) When the sheep have their little acapella thing. That's Mm. such a moving moment. (laughs) It's a really good moment. (laughs) And there wasn't anything in this movie that made me laugh as hard as the the glaring dog in the the pound. (laughs) Which I, I went and saw Sean the Sheep movie at a critic screening. And I'm sitting in the critics section and that dog, the, the, the glaring dog in the pound shows up and I burst out laughing and then they, they showed him again and I burst out laughing again. And I was so embarrassed because I was like, no one else is having as strong a reaction as I am. And then during the credits, when they showed that he was just a cardboard cutout, <laughs> I burst out laughing again. And I was just like, I have to leave because all of these professional critics are staring at this grown man who can't control <laughs> himself during a children's film. This movie, I got a lot more of like a, haha, that's funny. But nothing that destroyed me like the cardboard cutout glaring dog in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All that to say, though, this is still a good movie. I still recommend that anyone who's interested in it uh, watch it. If you like, you know, stop motion animation. If you're a fan of Shaun the Sheep, this is a this is a great movie. I, I really liked it, and there there's still some emotional parts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I just, I'm going <laughs> to, I know we said we were going to have a spoiler section. We're just in spoilers now. I'm going to make that yeah, just sure. a thing. It doesn't, okay. I don't know that it matters. I will say that my daughter called one of the kind of emotional twist moments <laughs> immediately. <laughs> I were watching this movie and my daughter loves to call anything that is small a baby. Because mm-hmm. she's three and a half. You know, that makes sense. You know, so if like, if the, like when she's at the distillery with me and there are two wrenches, there's the daddy wrench and then there's the baby wrench. Oh boy. And okay. so when she's like this, when they build up the, the reveal of the alien in this movie and it pops out and she's like, oh, it's a baby alien. I was like, no, it's, I think it's just a small alien, but it's uh, it's not. <laughs> it's a child alien nice. with parents. Well done. She did it. My With its own genius. stuffed animal. <laughs> I know. It's so cute. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sean, as the other person who watched this uh, movie with children, <laughs> who yes. liked all the funny parts, like, I don't know. There's a part of me that's, that like, one of the reasons I was drawn to Sean the Sheep or my daughter is like, there's no dialogue. They don't yeah. talk. Like, they're not trying to sound hip. You know, like, is this oh, is this yeah. just me being, like, angry at the world, or do you agree with me on this? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> it's children's movies, um, in general, I've I've been watching a lot of them, obviously, over, over the last eight years. And, and by and large, mm-hmm. they, are, they are all terrible. <laughs> uh, they are all the same. Uh, they're really obnoxious. And finally, I just stopped watching them. My kids just, they don't, they just don't get to go to the movies anymore unless it's <laughs> for a real movie. Uh, but Sean the Sheep is, is not that. They don't follow the pop culture reference plus chase plus pop song formula with stunt casting of every other kids movie. And uh, that's what makes them so great. It's like they're... Uh, because partially because there's no dialogue and partially because they just actually know how to construct comic sequences. They, they hearken back to, to silent film comedy and it's all very classical. I mean, there's even pies in the face in in these movies, just very basic building blocks of, of cinematic humor. And they're, they're perfect as an introduction for kids. Because when I was a kid, you could watch like, I love Lucy and three stooges on, on mm-hmm. TV, but they don't have that anymore. Now, now they have not even Scooby-Doo. Yeah. 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 So this is that, that older and, and much more durable form of comedy. And it's one of the, the few places that kids can get it. Hmm. Yeah, I, I guess I I'm, I'm curious from you two. I, I, yeah, I, I see what you're saying, but I, I was almost worried watching, having rewatched these two, that they weren't going to capture your kids' attention. Like I, you know, I, I, you know, I guess there's a great sense of like hijinks in, in these. But I guess I'm, uh, or maybe the better question is, like, is there, for instance, a kids' film that you expected your? I, I'm talking. I'm addressing Brian and uh, John here. Is there a kids' film that you expected that your kids would love in, like? didn't vibe with whatsoever uh the deadwood movie (laughs) (laughs) you know when my daughter was first born and i was you know hand feeding her and you know couldn't really put her down just anywhere you know we watched a lot of deadwood together and so when the deadwood movie came out i was like gory you're gonna love this (laughs) wasn't into it i guess she's over milch i don't know um 
That's a good mm-hmm. question. I am. Um, <clears throat> it's hard for me because she is so young still that um, like she she will make requests of movies and she'll say sure. like, she wants to watch Lion King or Little Mermaid or today was Pinocchio for some reason right after Shaun the Sheep. Uh, speaking of movies that like maybe a kid shouldn't be able to access <laughs> on their own on Disney Plus, <laughs> like they're keeping her away from the Incredibles, but like fucking donkey transmogrification. Pinocchio <laughs> with the horrifying whale. That's fine. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know that I've ever like begun a movie with her and been like, you're going to love this. And then she like wandered away, you know, like, and I, it, I, at that point, I don't know that I would have felt bad because it probably is just, she's going to go look for the cat, you know, cause she's three and a half years old. The, the only Sorry. place where like she, she really like zeroes her attention and oddly enough, it's the distillery. <laughs> she's so she's so interested in that so i'm like maybe she's gonna be more of a science kid than an arts kid but um i do remember wanting her to see uh the original sleeping beauty the the walt disney sleeping beauty yeah and um she was into it and then she kind of faded out and then she came back and was like oh there's a dragon now and i was like yeah yeah, yeah there is a dragon now she's like all right that's all i need to know and sits back down <laughs> I think it's going to take like a cut, like a year or two more before it's like we really zero in on, on like what her taste is. Sure. Yeah. I, that probably going to take longer than that. Like my, my <laughs> kids are generally pretty receptive to whatever we put on. Like it's always a, a problem getting them to, to sit still, but we've watched, you know, like the star Wars movies and all the Disney movies and the Ghibli movies and, like even uh, uh, older stuff like Wizard of Oz or Singing in the Rain, uh, she's enjoyed. Uh, my son less so. He's more uh, energetic, so he has more trouble sitting <laughs> still for movies. But but my daughter digs pretty much anything we watch. Yeah, I am. Um, what's interesting to me about uh, like children's films is the wide, wide, wide gulf of quality. <laughs> Yeah. And the same thing goes for television. Like, uh, speaking of Amazon, like, uh, Pete the Cat is a really good show, and they have a new song, like, every episode, but the songs are actually good. Um, I don't know if that's because, like, the voice talent includes, like, Diana Krall and, like, Elvis Costello. Oh, wow. Yeah, Elvis Costello is Pete the Cat's father. <laughs> Not messing around. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, that's a great one. And um, also on Amazon, uh, there's something called Tumbleleaf, which I'm a little less enamored of, but also they have Clifford the Big Red Dog, which is great. And um, uh, Peppa Pig is, is oh, amazing. Pe- 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 fucking Peppa Pig is my mortal enemy. Um, <laughs> we had to outlaw Peppa Pig in my house because no every time my daughter would watch Peppa Pig, she'd be like, I'm not going to listen to anything anyone says for the rest of the day. <laughs> we we went Peppa to rebel. the... Uh... Peppa Pig is her do the right thing or rebel without a cause. It's corrupting the youth of America. I don't know. Well, <laughs> you, you know, Peppa is a like a, a symbol of resistance in, in China. She's like <laughs> people have tattoos. It's like an anti-government government statement. And there was a uh, last, last lunar new year. Uh, there was a, uh, uh, Peppa celebrates Chinese new year was one of the, the, the big lunar new year releases in China and, and also here, uh, which was like this little, like, like cheap, like family comedy drama about getting together for the lunar new year interspersed with like, three Peppa Pig episodes dubbed in Chinese. What? So 
we we took the kids to that and and they they loved it. We had to read the subtitles to them, obviously. But <laughs> I mean, my daughter <laughs> likes Peppa Pig, but the problem is, as I said, it like gives her a weird attitude. I don't understand. <laughs> um, there's something and called... it's like the British thing. I guess I don't. But the, like we, well... we had to, we had to ban Caillou because Caillou is uh, is the devil. Never he, had he evil Caillou. Caillou is is so bad. There's like <laughs> there's whole web pages devoted to how awful Caillou is and what a bad influence John he is. Oliver has like a bit about how much he hates Caillou on last week tonight. Yeah, Kai, Caillou sucks. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like uh, on Netflix, you can find like I just said, like you know the the kind of like skimming the bottom of the pool after a hurricane stuff, like uh, yes. True in the Rainbow Kingdom. And um, which I hate. Uh, and what's I'm gonna call it? Uh, there's this thing called Morphle. My magical pet Morphle. Sean, have you had the unfortunate no. like life circumstance to come across this? It's like some <laughs> Swedish animated thing, but it looks like it was made on a Windows 98 PC. And it's this little girl, and she's got this cloyingly annoying voice, and she's got this pet called Morphle that can morph into whatever she tells him to. And it's like awful and I hate it. And unfortunately, like yesterday, I was really tired and I had to watch this movie. And so I was like, okay, I can now sit with my daughter and we can watch Sean the Sheep. And I was like, okay, we're going to put on Sean the Sheep movie. And she's like, I want to keep watching Morphle. And I said, I don't know why I said this to a three and a half year old, but I said, Cora, I hate Morphle. <laughs> and she looked at me and she's like, you like Morphle? And I just was like... Is this the point when, like, she has to learn that, like, not everything is good and I'm not always going to agree with her on things? And oh, I just told no. her, I was like, I don't, I really don't like Morphle. <laughs> can we please watch a, literally anything else? And she said, I want to watch Morphle. And I was like, fine, we can watch fucking Morphle. So, but, like, <clears throat> are there, like, too many... Opt- I, sorry, I'm really fascinated about this. <laughs> I put on my journalist. There, there are so many things for kids to watch. <laughs> Too many there, things. There's, I there's say. so much content out there, and it's hard uh, to curate and try to find something that doesn't you, make you uh, want to throw yourself out the window. What I what I did is like I taught them how to use like the Roku and go to like Nick Jr. or PBS mm-hmm. Kids, and they sure. could watch the shows on there. Yeah. Um, and so they watched all of those. Uh, they kind of have aged out of that now. Like my daughter is now watching like uh, Disney and Nickelodeon live action series from the early two thousands. Oh wow! She discovered Brian one Carly? that Ari- No, like uh, she was watching one that Ariana Grande was on uh, oh, called The Victorious. Yeah. She watched yes, all of that, yes. and then she just finished uh, all four seasons of Live and Maddie. <laughs> I've never heard wow. of these. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> But I've been like trying to encourage her because she had been watching like YouTube stuff and TikToks. So oh, I'm God. trying to encourage her to watch like more sitcommy type things in order to develop an attention span. Because yeah. if you're 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 used to watching TikToks and YouTube videos, or you just skip through them all the time, but now she has to watch like a, you know a 20 minute narrative. So better be be soon enough. So <laughs> oh yeah, I don't even know what that is. Quick bites of entertainment. It's Quibi. Oh, God. <clears throat> Streaming um, service that's less than... All things are less than 10 minutes, I believe. <laughs> all of their commercials make that seem like something from a like pre-post-lapsarian kind of like hellscape. <laughs> it's 
very weird. Yeah. It's like, hey, you've got 20 minutes until some life changing event happened. It's like, oh, great. I'm going to watch my phone in public then. And it's like, uh, <laughs> wow, that's not what you want to hear. Um, I, I, my, my I son, guess... though, he he never was into shows really at all. He just he likes train videos. When he was like three or four years old, he would just watch trains on YouTube. It's like my brother. Well, it's minus like the YouTube crossing. part. Yeah. Because <laughs> he it was like the 90s. <laughs> yeah. I, um, but now he's like really into Minecraft. So he plays Minecraft and he watches videos about Minecraft. That's so. my, my nephew who is no longer a child. He is now a full-fledged teenager. Um, But like he, that's how he like wild away his time as a kid. was yeah. like, you know, get the iPad and watch videos of people playing video games. Doesn't even like to play. Yeah, video it's very games. different. It's very different from when I was a kid, when there were like five channels and all you could watch. There were only cartoons on Saturday mornings, and all the rest of the time you're just watching syndicated shows from the '50s, '60s, and '70s. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I no. I mean, I watched. So, I've probably yeah. seen the entirety of Gilligan's Island. I mean, <laughs> yeah. That's, Gilligan's that's Island. I mean, I've, I've seen. I've seen Absolutely. all of uh, Three Stooges. I was obsessed with them when I was young. <laughs> yeah, I, I love Lucy. It's like a Nickelodeon. Like you know, for between like seven a.m. and four p.m. was like old TV stuff. Yeah, yeah. Leave Which it to not, Beaver. Yeah. Oh yeah. Leave it to Beaver. Um, what Mr. was the other Ed. one? The Mister Ed. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. I Dream a Genie. Bewitched. Yeah, I, I, I loved all that stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I loved all that too. And so, like, there is a part of me that, like, I I have started to prune the stuff that I will allow her to watch when I am with her because I just, I just like I said, like I just hate Morphle. I can't do Morphle right now. And it's like I just am like, no, like let's watch this movie. And like it's, it, I like when like during this movie, she would say, and I think this is actually one of the things that um. To bring us a little more back on topic, a thing, a, sure. mo- a movie like this, I feel like primes you for greater emotional intelligence because Definitely. the characters like in Sing, for instance, a fucking oh terrible movie. Oh my God, Sing. Like have like. That's just, exactly like, the movie I was thinking of. <laughs> when you were talking about like awful movies that you can't handle yep. anymore. I was like, oh, he's yep. talking about everything by Blue Sky um, and, and or Illumination or whatever the fuck it is. An outlet wouldn't let me publish my Sing review. <laughs> Why? It was too mean. That's <laughs> funny. Um, I love that. Do you still have that somewhere? Uh, I don't know. That you, may be on a if hard you find drive, it, you need to send sure. it to me. Because <laughs> I would love to read a too mean review of Sing. But like, you know, that, that kind of movie, it's like, it's, it's nonsense and nothing is motivated. And so watching this movie, you know, I I don't like because it is it might be a little hard for her to follow completely minus the dialogue, especially with like the the weird telekinesis flashback that happens. But she was able to tell that the alien was sad. And she said, oh, he's sad. Why is he sad? And I said, oh, you know, know, it's a kid and it's away from its parents and it wants to go home and it can't. And she was like, oh, that's no good. I was like, correct. That is no good. Yeah, but I was like, it's okay. Sean the Sheep's going to help. And she's like, Sean looks sad too. And I was like, Sean is sad because Sean Dunnan fucked up. <laughs> he pressed that stupid pizza your... button. Yeah, because because it's less dialogue focused, it's it's easier for kids to to follow and, and relate to. It's Yeah. It's all it's all very primal. Um 
the first Shaun the Sheep movie was actually the first movie we took my daughter to when she was, it was just like a month away from her fourth birthday. And uh, so that was her first time ever in a movie theater. And afterwards, we wanted to get her a, a Shaun the Sheep doll to commemorate it. And we could not find one anywhere. We ended up having to order one like through Amazon from China. It took like a month yeah. to get here. But oh, wow. she still she still carries it around everywhere. Shaun the Sheep later. is blisteringly popular everywhere yeah. in the world except for America. Yeah. And I don't understand it. So I, I know you, you mentioned my, my Twitter avatar when you asked me to be on the show and, yes. and she, she picked it. That's, that's why it's, it's Sean the sheep. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, so I, 2015 was the year that, uh, force awakens comes out, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I recall that I had seen the Sean the sheep movie and I, for the rest of the year, wouldn't shut up about how good it was. <laughs> and, um, they had that Facebook thing where you could like put a lightsaber in your, your picture, your profile picture. Of course. Um, okay. And, and I chose a picture of nuts, the sheep looking perplexed. <laughs> and then I put the lightsaber in it. And so it looked like he was like side eyeballing the lightsaber. And it was my favorite avatar that I've ever had on anything, even more so than my, by now, just like gonna be this until I die, drinky crow avatar on Twitter. Um, I was gonna ask actually, does everyone have a favorite sheep? Mm, I really like the big dumb one, <laughs> <laughs> the one that you can get lost inside. Yes, yeah. that was that was great. That was good. I I five stars. Michael, I, I must confess, it's it's the it's the baby sheep, Timmy. Uh, Timmy. Yeah, just because, yeah, he gets so many good moments. And oh man, I'm just thinking about when he's the backpack and the fish on the sheep. And he's just, he's just not doing anything and then giving mean looks to the person, to Trumper, which yeah. is hilarious. That guy's name is Trumper. But... I know. <laughs> That's apparently an insult in Britain. Oh, really? Okay. I read that somewhere because I was like, oh, my God, this guy's name is Trumper. And then I looked it up and I think it's like a flatulent person or something. <laughs> I don't know. I I, I think this is uh, probably intentional. I think it's probably common to most parents, but I really identify with the dog. <laughs> you bitzer. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's just he's just trying to do his job. He's just trying to get through his day. And these these sheep are just constantly flouting the rules doing whatever they want and just making life miserable for him the poor yeah. dog him him putting up all the signs and everything i think yeah yeah the so this this is another thing i loved that in the first movie he was like hypnotized by bones yes that was a weird thing <laughs> when he's like gonna be a doctor and yes. then he sees the skeleton in the corner and goes after it <laughs> There's, I feel like the this movie was a little more um, stereotypical action movie. Yeah. I feel like the first movie had a little more fun with the insanity of like the tropes related to these creatures. Like there's the 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 bone madness, I guess I'll call it, that Bitzer <laughs> goes under. But then I loved the fact that like the sheep could run in front of people and jump over something and just put an entire city to sleep. Yeah, yeah. Um, didn't the didn't the first one end? Wasn't there like a big chase sequence? 
there an anti chase yes. sequence in kids' movies. So I, I like that this one did not really have a chase sequence that it built to some some other kind of of uh, finale. Yeah. Once they the leave and Gromit films to have that again, I wouldn't say it's necessarily like, you know, universally or like, yeah, universally a problem or anything. But Brian, I think you get to something good though, is I, I, I kind of love the, uh, and I guess Sean, you brought this up as well. Is like, it, it's, it's so intuitive in the sense that like, you know, you do recognize these scenarios from something like classic sitcoms. You know, as soon as he is, he makes his way into the surgery room, <laughs> you know that's going to happen. <laughs> you know, as soon as, uh, as soon as they enter the grocery store in Farmageddon, you're like, all right, you know, as soon as we see the candy, like it, it's, they're tropes, but it's, I, I really do think that Sean the Sheep does really smart things in mostly, in mostly avoiding the obvious ways, even for, you know, even for uh, for a chase to go, for for instance, you know, them taking the garbage bin instead of the skateboard. Oh my god, uh, that was hilarious! <laughs> that was one of those moments where, like, I saw it. I think, yeah, there was like a skateboard, a bike, and then it was all yes. <laughs> leaning oh, against sorry. a dumpster. Bike, yeah, <laughs> and then I was like, oh, they're gonna go on the bike, and then instead the dumpster's going. I was like, that's that's the kind of like clever oddball nonsense that I just love. We we first started watching the the Shaun the Sheep shorts, mm -hmm. uh, which yeah. used to be on Netflix. I guess they're on Amazon now. They are. Yes. Yeah. Um, Not in back, order, though, in a very uh, annoying way. Weird. <laughs> uh, we started watching those right around the time our 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 first kid was born, and my wife and I, you know, our first child, were basically just sitting on the couch twenty four hours a day trying to get the kid to, to sleep and we would just watch TV and Shaun the Sheep was one of the things that we watched. We watched a lot of silent movies also. Uh, and because uh, we could turn the volume down and one of us could sleep while the other one was watching the movie, mm -hmm. uh, keep the baby asleep. Uh, it's uh, having a, a newborn for those of you who have not had one is hell. It's awful. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, I was also, I was watching Laurel and Hardy shorts at the same time. I had this mm -hmm. like project I was doing where I was going to watch all of their shorts in like chronological order from before they got together until they like, they joined and formed as a team and then on through the sound area era. And I didn't get very far, but, uh, I was learning a lot about silent comedy and, and all of these kind of translated from vaudeville into film, like cinematic techniques. And, uh, Sean the Sheep fit in perfectly with that because it's all the it's all the same stuff. It's the 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 setups, the punchlines, the the way uh, chaos escalates and builds to a big a big finale is all silent comedy, and, and it's uh, that's what really struck me about it. And and I think this movie actually I think gets that more than the first Sean the Sheep movie did. I think that. Why I might actually prefer Farmageddon. Whoa, big talk! I will say though that this <laughs> but movie, I, I but mean, I haven't has... seen the first one since since <clears throat> you know in five years. So I gotcha. Um, I will say this movie, you know, speaking of silent classics and stuff, I mean, it has a full on homage to modern times in it. Yeah, yeah. When Timmy drops into the the robot. Yeah. Uh, so so many so many homages and yeah. little in jokes. 
I think my favorite homage, the one that I was just like, okay, that's like a slice of brilliant, was the um, the farmer having his epiphany about making a terrible theme park, <laughs> timed up with the sa- the music from two thousand one, and then the the toast blackened from being toasted too long, popping up <laughs> like the bone. Yeah, like yeah, just like my, be- oh, just so good. <laughs> my favorite was was. One of the first things you see is the name of the grocery store is, is Millaways. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It's H Wheels, but uh, Millaways is the grocery store, which is the the restaurant at the end of the universe from oh. the Douglas Adams book. Yeah, there's oh, a bu- like the jam is like Roswell Jam, like you know yeah. fifty one, yeah. and and I just H G Wheels. I was like, ha, I get it. And there's there's tar- yeah, the- or not a Tardis, a uh, Dalek. There's Dalek. a. Uh... But the the the, the yep. Portageon is a little bit like a Tardis, isn't it? Sure. And yeah. then fucking Doctor Who walks sure. out of it and then yeah. jumps back into yes. it. Yes. <laughs> Doctor Who walks out of it. There's also, what is it? The the electric wrench or whatever that thing is. The sonic um, screwdriver. Time ra- yeah, sonic screwdriver. Oh, I've, never wow. seen, I've never seen an episode <laughs> of Doctor that. Who. I haven't. Yeah. didn't catch that. <laughs> but I have, I have been yelled at by Whovians enough. The first time I called a, the TARDIS a Dalek... <laughs> I will. I like. I've never been more afraid for my life at a party, <laughs> and I have been a part of some bad things that happened at parties. But the time I felt like I might need to leave was the time that I called the TARDIS a Dalek. You're you're saying it so weird. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. I don't watch the damn show. I know, but you're like putting so many syllables in it. You're like the Dalek. <laughs> And for Boston, it's a Dalek. I don't know. Okay, here's another here's another one of these goofy, stupid things that happens in this movie where I was just like, that is just this movie. Like like a movie like Sing, their their idea of a joke is like, oh, the pig is in like a spandex sparkly costume. And in this movie, mm-hmm. their idea of a joke is the the spaceship has left the secret base that is a uh a like a, a car wash. Yes. And it rocks the car wash so hard that the cardboard cutout of an attendant yes. loses its clothes, and then and. the sign falls off and says "secret base behind it," <laughs> <laughs> which is just so stupid and so silly, but so clever. And I don't know why I loved that so much. I really empathize with the guy who just wanted his fries. He just goes back to the scene of the crime to get his fries. <laughs> that reminded me so much of, um, speaking of great children's movies, Paranorman. Yeah. Um, when the guy is like, the zombies are coming towards him, but he's still <laughs> really hoping that he'll get his chips from the vending machine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's a, actually, uh, my daughter uh, really likes uh, Paranorman and Coraline. See, I feel like those would be too scary for a three-year-old children, and seven months. Children uh, are, yeah. are fearless in the right situations. <laughs> like, yeah, I my, think my that there's a tone. Kids always love the scariest Halloween decorations. Yeah. They're into it. My oh, daughter read Coraline, but she hasn't watched the movie yet. So. I will say that um, we watched Oliver and Company yesterday because my daughter wanted a, a movie starring a cat. I said, what do you want to watch? And she said, Kitty. And I was like, is there a specific Kitty that you want to watch? And she said, Kitty. And I was like, all right, well, let's figure this out. 
<laughs> so I put on Oliver and Company, and she there were scenes during that where she seemed like she was about to lose it. Because have you has anyone here seen Oliver and Company? I feel like it's one of those lost Disney Never. films. Not in like fifteen years. <laughs> so like first she was sad because the opening of the movie is this box of kittens that are getting sold, and like Oliver can't get sold to save his soul. And then he gets like washed out. And then, you know, just bad stuff is happening to him. And then that weird loan shark dude comes with his like two angry dogs. And it's just, there's a lot. It's a very dark movie at times. So she was uh, un- unhappy at certain points of that. But whenever they sang and danced, it was fine. Is that one of them that has the uh, disclaimer about uh, what is it? Dated, dated representations of. No. minorities or something isn't there isn't there some type of disclaimer on a lot of those old disney films like something like lady in the tramp for instance has it and uh i'm sure that there is and like lady in the tramp and dumbo like have clear dumbo, racial right, stereotypes right. oh yes oliver oh, and company yes. is like from the 80s or like early 90s or something oh is it you know okay. now Sorry. now that yeah, i'm saying that i don't 80s. know it is from the 80s because i was like maybe yeah, it's like so. a 78 movie that just seems like an 80s movie <laughs> No, I, I'm pretty sure it's like late 80s, like 89 or something like that. Okay. Yeah, I, it's it's one of those things where it's like could be late 70s, could be, I don't know, 92. And just, it's a 88, yeah. Starring Billy Joel. So can I can I bring up something depressing I already brought up? Are, are you guys worried about the survival of something like Ardman? Uh, all the time, constantly, yes. Yeah, I. As I mean, it's. Yeah, as. Uh, <laughs> uh, He's been rocked to as, his core. As computers become more more dominant in in animation. We've seen it with with hand drawn animation with stop. Sure. And claymation, like when when there's no more Nick Park, will there be? an Ardman anymore. I, I don't know. I have that. I have that. I mean, like, I feel like I spent a good part of the missing link episode breaking down, worried that Leica was going to go away. There because... was definitely some existential panic. In that episode. Cause like, I, you know, when, when I think back, like Pixar is great. Yes. But like Pixar isn't computer generated imagery, you know, Pixar is a storytelling force. And I feel like a lot of these like Ardman, and Leica are also storytelling forces and that they feel that way because they believe in the efficacy and the aesthetic of the art form they've chosen. And I sure. feel like Pixar has the same feeling about CGI, whereas something like Blue Sky or Illumination is just like, this is a fucking cheap way to get a bunch of money from a bunch of parents who are going to hate their children because we made them watch this movie. I mean, yeah, I mean, that, yeah. that's that's always been the case. That was the case with hand-drawn animation as well. But right. yeah, it just, it seems like it is becoming harder for, for good children's filmmakers to exist. But that might just be that we're living in the moment. And in hindsight, we we don't remember all the crappy hand-drawn animations from the seventies. That is also true. I mean, like everything Hanna-Barbera did was like a cheap cost cutting. Uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I worry about it and like, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I've one of these days, maybe after this podcast, I'll ask my parents, like, were you ever worried about me and my media consumption? 
Because, like, hmm. when my babysitter is over, she will sometimes just put on, like, a YouTube channel of puppies doing dumb shit. Does that bother you? It doesn't bother me so much because Cora doesn't constantly ask for that. Like, she will still, when we're, like, I'm hanging out with her. I think, like, she almost kind of um, associates different people with different art forms. So, like, when, when uh, the babysitter comes over, she's, like, Morphle or youtube of puppies like kitty videos and when i'm here she's like uh little mermaid lion king pinocchio for whatever reason but like i i do wonder because like i just maybe like maybe my parents felt that way about video games maybe they were worried that i was playing too much echo the dolphin Uh and that i was never gonna watch a movie or read a book again i don't know but um the echo the dolphin soundtrack is like burned into my brain yeah it's it's wonderful (laughs) i I, sometimes uh, just listen to that soundtrack while i'm writing (laughs) you know that like the story behind that game and how viciously difficult it is is that like the man who was designing it was like man these kids can rent a video game and beat it over the weekend if i want this video game to sell i need it to be something that can't be beat over the weekend that that sounds about right yeah Yeah. so he made like 300 (laughs) levels and they were just impossible after the first one yes and became steadily more Lovecrafty. <laughs> yeah, that guy, Ed Anunziata. You should look him up. He's a weird guy. Um, but yeah, I just I I do sometimes I worry about that because like again I, I and my my nephew like goes and sees uh, movies with his father, and I'm sure that he has interests that go beyond. But like I just remember like watching him and and my other cousins' kids at like a party once, and I was just like, what the fuck is happening? Why are they watching these walkthroughs of like? super mario brothers like what is what do you get out of that it's um it's weird to me and so i like i like to try to you know i'm i don't i don't i don't i don't often put on the tv as a means of getting my daughter to leave me alone like if i if she is watching something i like to be watching it with her so i can engage with it with her um and so i i don't put on bullshit for her (laughs) you know when we talk about little mermaid you know i try to point out stuff to her and like ask her what she thinks about things that are happening um yeah i it's 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 difficult it's weird being a parent and being like concerned about the future of the artistic medium that you've spent your entire (laughs) life caring about and then putting that on your child (laughs) but like you know she she watches Coraline and loves it and and she watches uh Paranorman and (laughs) finds it funny and uh she liked box trolls too when i showed it to her so like there's a part of me that i get worried but then you know she'll request to watch on the sheep and and laugh about it and um like i said Hmm. i think last week she still every day demands sean the sheep song (laughs) so that she can jump up and down on my bed while every day feels like summer plays on the (laughs) the bluetooth speaker but it's guys it's it's like i said like your choices this week were stay home and watch Shaun the sheep a truly like artful you know handcrafted clever little movie or you could go watch sonic the hedgehog he broke well, records <laughs> we were our my kids have a four-day weekend this weekend for mm-hmm. some reason uh <laughs> so, so for some reason <laughs> we were well it's president's day tomorrow but then they also sure. had friday off so because it was like a it's like a built-in snow day in case 
they needed to make up a snow day, but then it never snowed. So anyway, so they had a four day weekend. Uh, so that we were planning to see Rise of Skywalker finally mm-hmm. on Friday because they still haven't seen it. I've seen it twice. I really didn't want to go again. And then when they asked like if they could just go to the bookstore instead of going to Rise of Skywalker, we we did that. <laughs> <laughs> and no, then I, we watched Shaun the Sheep. I at feel home, I so. feel that very hard. Like, you know, I this morning I was like, you know, all right, you know, Cor, I'm I'm gonna make breakfast. Like, do you want me to put anything on TV? And she said, No. And I was like, What are you what are you gonna do? And she's like I don't know. And I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to just hope that this works out. Okay. <laughs> and she just like had like a little play with some stuffed animals and figurines that she had. And I was like, Oh, perfect. This is great. <sighs> but yeah, Sean, the sheep. I mean, it's, 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 <laughs> I feel like this is one of those things where I'm, <clears throat> as we talk about it now, and we're almost talking about like the future of the medium and like children's entertainment and this, amorphous concept of the future and i feel like this is a a similar way of like the irishman couldn't get made at a traditional studio and it had to get made by netflix sean the sheep couldn't find i guess normal distribution like no one was willing to plop down like 15 million dollars to put this in the theaters like what the fuck is going on and meanwhile early man was considered a flop so I yeah I know and that's the weird part is is that I think for a lot of parents wait it barely broke even budget was 50 it made 54.6 well hey man that's you know and as they're making some money off of uh sure. ancillaries you know I don't know I am um, I do wonder sometimes like I, I've talked to parents who are like you know I'll, I'll bring up I brought up something it was it was it was i think it was frozen or something and they're like oh well you know i i love pixar films and i was just like i'm i hate to be that guy that's not a <laughs> but pixar you're gonna film. be that guy <laughs> yeah i was like it's not a pixar film it's a disney film I'm like oh well i'm but you know what i mean and i was like no please instruct me as to what you meant when you said that wrong thing that you said oh god <laughs> i'm not a pleasant person to know in real life um but it's it's a. Uh, it is. It's one of those things where I'm like, I, I feel like I have to fight for some level of truth or like knowledge. <laughs> like, yeah, some literacy about like what these people are watching because like they, they, they might not, there's, it's like I was saying, Pixar isn't about CGI children's films. They make CGI movies, but they actually have a, a focus upon the concept of telling a story. Mm-hmm. They're not the minions or, or Rio or any of the other number of things where like, you know, you just throw a bunch of famous voices in that'll attract the parents, you know, Taron Edgerton singing, I'm still standing as a gorilla or some bullshit, you know, just like <laughs> really hate on saying this episode. <laughs> Sing is a terrible movie. Sing is it's legitimately, really like the the nadir of like children's entertainment it's like what's some bullshit that'll keep a kid interested and the unfortunate thing is that it works because it worked on my kids for two weeks and then they got sick of it and never want to hear about it again oh my god yeah. i can never have children <laughs> well that's the that's the problem is that like you know uh, and i i say this as a father who loves his child but like kids can be kind of stupid sometimes like we were all there 
You know, there's a reason that people put a spinning little mobile above a baby's bed and it like knocks the kids freaking eyes in the back of their head. They're like, whoa, spaceships and dinosaurs are swirling above me. You know, yeah, but, but good, good stuff lasts and it always has just as it did for us when we were kids. There were all kinds of, of terrible movies that I'm sure you guys liked when you were five oh yeah absolutely. i know, I know I, the ones i like but i i remember you know i remember star wars and Raiders of the lost ark and et i don't remember you know the apple dumpling gang or whatever <laughs> there is um to that end i i think about this sometimes i'm like you know my parents would uh videotape stuff off of tv so like um what was it i i can't even remember i had like a videotape that had a good movie on it and then the next thing after it was terrible and I can't for the life of me remember what the good movie was and I can't remember what the bad movie was, but I do remember almost everything about the bad movie. It was like a bunch of really weird looking dog like creatures that had a crystal that could open portals. And uh, I'm sure if I go the crystal, no, 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 yeah, it, was, it was like animated. It was like weird huh. dog things and i swear to god one of them was voiced by the guy who did cartoon garfield but anyway <laughs> but you're right i i you don't remember the junk that you liked as a kid because at some point sure. you recognize like oh i don't like this so you know i remember watching all the disney movies that i loved and top gun and indiana jones and star wars but i don't remember whatever the fuck that dog movie was <laughs> Yeah, and in in the same way, like the the Shaun the Sheep movies are going to last a lot longer than than Sing. Like in in twenty years, nobody's going to watch Sing, but but people will still be watching Shaun the Sheep. Well, yeah, because movies sure. like that, and like you know, all these other like the Shreks of the world, they date yeah. themselves instantly. They have these these references, sure. you know, to things that just uh, that just don't make sense anymore. I've almost been curious to. <laughs> try shrek to see how it plays in 2020 <laughs> i will say that just the animation is awful like truly awful the people in that movie look distressed it's, they're very it was, it was awful 20 years ago <laughs> you know but yeah, yeah at that point i was just like ha ah, the ogre like he hates disney as much as i do because i was a fucking idiot 12 13 year old or whatever when did that movie it's very come out? edgy <laughs> Like 2001, oh, I think. Yeah, so pretty much. Really? Yeah, 2001. Yep. So I was like 14. I was in a perfect position to be like, oh, Austin Powers is taking down the, uh, I don't know, fairy industrial complex. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's do this thing. I think the, I think the crazy thing though that is is a weird addendum to the thing about worrying about something like Leica or Ardman or you know even the the lasting appeal of like G Kids or something. Um, like, I, I think the thing about it is like, literally, I have to say, I don't know if this is just recent and I'm really bad at it or it's just always been this stupid, but I genuinely have no idea what is going to make money anymore and what <laughs> is not like uh, the possibility, like, you know, I, the birds of prey thing is still baffling to me. The Sonic, you know, taking a record this weekend like I, it you, would at I didn't this know point that until be you... as unsurprising. Well, I'm sorry, birds, sorry. Of, birds of prey is a matter of like discourse, right? It's not it doesn't have anything to do with actual economic fact. Like the movie's a hit. I, is it's it? a hit, but it, well, I guess it's 
it's unfortunately only within the scale conversation that it it becomes something else but like it also feels like you know nonetheless i think the discourse has maybe not washed up but uh it's dwindled in a way i didn't expect i I guess rather what i'm trying to point out and and sean you you do rightfully point out that the birds of prey narrative has been very distorted at this point but I, I genuinely can't decide whether I would be wildly surprised or, or excuse me, I can't say I'd be wildly surprised, for instance, if Ghibli put out a new movie this year that happened to be a, you know, $400 million hit. Like, it, it's so strange to me, uh, the notion these days of what kids movies even, uh, you know, even break through. And I'm sure, you know. Uh, someone has a crystal ball, obviously, and it's definitely not the the people in boardrooms. Uh, but I guess it, it's fascinating then to hear uh, Brian, you and, and Sean talk about your experience with with kids and you know what they gravitate to and what they don't. Um, so again, I'm not quite sure what I want to say about this, but rather it's just like. I genuinely have no idea what to think about whether, you know, Argman is close to closing their doors or not. Like it's, it's a, it's such a strange thing to <laughs> think to me. Yeah. I don't know. It's, um, it's hard to say. I mean, like I, I said, don't... you know, Argman, Argman, Shaun of Sheep is like been tr- translated, been aired all over the world. Sure. You know, he is, I, I believe that he's big business everywhere else except for America. Um, yeah. There's a reason that like you can get Sean the Sheep stuff, but it's it, you all got to get it from like either Europe or China. Well, the last movie was about the origins of soccer, so maybe that's why it didn't hit here. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I remember watching Early Man. Um, I don't think I've ever watched the entirety of that movie. It was like on HBO, and I was like, "Oh my god, are they playing fucking soccer?" <laughs> like this whole thing is about a meteorite inventing soccer, and then the Bronze and the Age AM coming and bringing FIFA. soccer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very weird. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's, um, I don't know. I don't know what, what any, I don't, I don't understand the movie business anymore. And it, it's almost like good and clarifying when you don't have to care that much because like, I'm just trying to pick stuff that won't destroy my daughter before she's even had a chance at a good life. <clears throat> but like, um, like morphful or is that, is that what it was? Morphful? Morphful. Yeah. <laughs> If you ever just want to to, no. to no, want I'm to good. kill yourself, if you need that last push for suicide, <laughs> just go on YouTube and watch some Morphle. Because I don't, I don't like it's 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 repetitive in a way that I almost feel like must be scientifically engineered to take over the world. Sure, this little girl will just be like Morphle, morph into an airplane, and then like he'll morph into an airplane, and then like something will happen. She'll be Morphle, morph into a dump truck, and I'm like, the repetition of these words is really weirding me out, and I don't like it. <laughs> I need it to stop right now. Does it put you to sleep, or does it? Is it like nails on a chalkboard? It's like nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> like if if she is watching it downstairs with the the babysitter or something while I am home, do it like because I work from home some days. Sure. While I'm up in my study working, I have to close the door and turn on music. I just can't. <laughs> I can't handle it. <laughs> Meanwhile, Sean Sheet movie, I'd be up here just like being able to pick out from the certain bleats and all of the the, the noise, the sound effects, exactly what's going on. I feel like you'd be just like bouncing around while working, Brian. <laughs> 
I I legitimately get feels like summer stuck in my head just constantly. <laughs> and not just because my daughter demands it. That's another thing, just knowing that she likes good music. I um I listened to I was listening to music in the car today for whatever reason and she was there and and one of the songs ended. I think it was Blue in the Face by Alkaline Trio. Okay. Which is not something that you should listen to with a 3-year-old in no. the car. No. No. But it ended and she said that song was awesome. <laughs> and then I guess it was the playlist because I had that This Is My Least Favorite Life song from the second season of True Detective. And then that played. And she said, that's a very good song. And so I don't know if she was just buttering me up because she wanted oh a God. lollipop or if I'm just raising my daughter <laughs> to be exactly like me. Did you like get her ice cream or something after this opinion, Brian? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> It was funny. The other day we were in Home Depot and it was like our fourth trip there. And we'd also been to the distillery twice and we were in the line and she's like, daddy, can I have a lollipop? And I said, no, you can't have a lollipop. And then I thought about it. And like two seconds later, immediately turned around. I was like, actually, you've been really, really patient and good. I'm going to get you a lollipop. And the people in the line behind me just like started bursting out laughing. Because they're like, clearly this is a man who's used to like having to say no to everything because children want everything they see. And then being like, oh, wait, no, no, you've you've earned yourself a lollipop. <laughs> oh, man. Having a children. Have, having a children. Having. I am fucking exhausted. Having children is a joy. And um, everyone should try it. They <laughs> don't want to morph. <laughs> you just got to know what to stay away from. Um, and, and like I said, you know, there's something, there is something, I, I thought about this while watching this movie, um, because there have been times when I've watched a movie as I was like growing up and I'd be like, oh, that's where that thing came from. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for instance, I, I saw stuff making fun of 2001, a space odyssey before I ever saw 2001, a space odyssey. Oh, sure. And yeah. it's the stuff that deploys those kinds of callbacks well that i remember you know stuff like the simpsons you know early stage simpsons when i'd be like oh hey like now that thing that i thought was so artful and funny makes sense and is actually funnier on a whole other level yeah um and i i like that i i could almost feel that happening in this movie like i imagine cora the first time she watches 2001 a space odyssey having that kind of click moment of like, oh, that's what the toast is about in the Shaun the Sheep movie. That's so not that's, just an uh, opulent thing. That's for this year and then Barry Lyndon next year? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I think then Eyes Wide Shut is definitely going to have to wait until she's at least in the second grade. That's a fiver. <laughs> Clockwork Orange is after primary school. Uh. Oh, boy. Oh, Bill's just like, oof. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. All right. I think we're done. We're coming up on the runtime of the movie. The, uh, the most dreaded thing. not a rule anywhere. <laughs> um, I do. I do want to say that this, this is, it, it is. It, I like when we're able to talk about children's films because it, it, when we talk about movies, we're often like, oh, the aesthetics, the narrative, what's it saying politically? Like, is this important? Is it tasteful? And it feels almost like slightly more essential to talk about children's film just in terms of like, what is it doing? How is it doing it? Is it something that I feel like is going to enrich my kid's life? Or is it something that's just going to like, just make them not 
run around the house looking for knives like Singh does, you know, like, is it something that I'm using to distract them or do I actually feel good about showing them this? And it's, it's, it's become a thing that I've thought a lot more about. And so when a movie like Shaun the Sheep, Armageddon or the original Shaun the Sheep or anything like that comes along, it really does like, it, it gladdens me. In a way that, you know, just talking about like, even like one of my top films of the year, you know, might not. Because I, like I said, it's that kind of amorphous question of the future. And it's, it's like, what are we laying down as our, as our foundations? And it makes me think about like what my foundational movies are. Like we were talking about those old TV shows that we used to watch. Like my first movie that I ever loved was King Kong, the original 1933 Mm. King Kong. Because my grandparents videotaped it. And I watched it and it scared the shit out of me and I had no idea how anything was done. And that is that, you know, it's just, it's a sharp, good spectacle of a movie with a very primal narrative that can be applied in a lot of ways. And then after that, you've got Robin Hood, which is where I get my love of like rakish anti-heroes who still have a moral (laughs) code that I can adjust to. Like, you know. And so I think about that. I thought I, I, I sometimes wonder, like, do other people know what those movies are for them? Like, does it, do any of you like know what the movie that kind of like primed you and like set your cinematic taste course is? Oh yeah. What's yours, Sean? Uh, the first movie I ever saw was star Wars. Oh, well, yeah, that's a big one. And I saw it a lot. Uh, yeah, I was, I think it was my fourth birthday actually. And yeah, I remember seeing that and, and, uh, my mom apparently would take me, my mom was a huge Star Wars fan and, and apparently every time it came out, she would take me to see it, like whether I was like an infant or, or not. Uh, we saw Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, Raiders of the Lost Ark. The whole Lucas Spielberg era was when I was like four five, six years old and I saw them all in the theater. And then when we got a VCR I saw them all. So I just watched those movies over and over again. And yeah, I, I think, still love them. I think yeah. Star Wars and Indiana Jones were like second wave for me. Like it was for, for whatever reason, those old movies that got taped off of like TCM or something hit me first. Um, yeah. See, T- TCM didn't come around until I was in college. So I don't even know if I, I don't even know if TCM is the right thing. I don't. I don't like. I should one day ask them. Like, where the hell did you find? I mean, they would show they show old movies on like like PBS, but even like HBO or something didn't show a ton of old movies. Yeah, like HBO in the eighties, I watched a lot. So a lot of just kind of terrible eighties comedies and cop movies. I mean, my uh, my grandparents were early adopters to the whole VHS thing. Like, I remember, like, we yeah. would do uh, New Year's Eve, you know, like, we'd all hang out as a family. And they videotaped, like, every Jay Leno New Year's Eve or whatever for as long as I can remember. So, like, somewhere there must be a box where if you wanted to know what New Year's Eve was like in 1991, I could tell you. <laughs> when, uh, when Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom came out, it was when they, uh, was when they uh, created the PG-13 rating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but my mom took my, my sister and I to see it. I w- this was, what, 84? So I, I was eight and my sister was six. Uh, and there was like a newspaper guy for the Spokane newspaper outside as we were leaving the theater. And so he interviewed my mom about 
how she felt about taking her kids to see this PG-13 movie. And my mom was like, eh, they know it's a movie. It doesn't matter. It's not real. <laughs> and and they asked me, and I told him that I had seen Rage. He asked me if I'd seen Rage of the Lost Ark, and I told him, and it was true. I'd, I'd seen it 21 times by that point. <laughs> oh, my God. But, it, yeah, yeah, because Temple of Doom was the one where they were like, okay, we need a goddamn new. Like, right, because they was released the PG, and they were just out. like, whoa, yeah. how yeah. did we let this happen? It, it yeah, is so I, I also, had a, like my my second grade teacher. Like every time after that, she would see me. She's like, twenty one times, really? <laughs> <laughs> nice. It is also a Spielberg movie for me, but it's Jurassic Park. That's a good one. Because mm. that was ninety three, so I <laughs> saw that a little bit too early. I was I was born in ninety one. I'll date myself here. <laughs> Yeah, I was six or seven when Jurassic Park came out. I was ready for it. What about you, Bill? Can it be Street Fighter? It it can be whatever you feel is true to yourself. Speak your truth. Just a big Rob Julia fan. I was about to say. No, I I was like, this guy's awesome. What other movies is he in? And then he died. And I was like, oh, well, that's unnecessary. Well, so, I mean, you could have yeah, found any that. of the many movies that he made before then. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that would have worked for like six or seven years. That's a good Bill, point, though. actually. Yeah. What about Jean Claude Van Damme? <laughs> you didn't stick around with him. Oh yes, uh, yeah, I was a big fan of his already <laughs> at that point. But uh, when when he does the uh, the the uppercut and then the bicep flex with the uh, uh, American flag on it, I was like, that's my man. <laughs> I like him. Suddenly, you're just um, Lee Greenwood is behind you singing, and I'm proud to be an American. <laughs> Do I need to see Street Fighter the movie? <laughs> you need it's to see Legend of Chung Lee. It's real dumb. Yeah, no. Uh, it, it, Street Fighter the movie is real dumb, but also real fun, and it has a legendary uh, production history where basically, apparently, uh, Jean Claude Van Damme was super it, deep into his drug addiction at this point and was just like sniffing heroin all day long or sniffing cocaine all day long in his hotel and it's then showing up like drugs. two hours late. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, two, two, two hours late to set and just being like, let's do this. <laughs> it's just like, oh my God. That sounds what like is a heroin going guy, on? in and, all honesty. <laughs> sure. I love um, but <laughs> Another no, one of mine I think, was I think my, time. Mine, mine was probably uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is <laughs> like, oh, if the, you watch the that now. Company one? Like the live action uh, one? Yes, the live yeah. action ones with Casey oh, uh, Casey Jones. Elias Kotiaz uh, is yeah. Casey Kotiaz. Jones. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got to interview Elias, and uh, unfortunately, I realized afterwards that he was Casey Jones. And I was like, <laughs> oh, no. oh, shit. Wait, can I get but, back yeah, in there? You, yeah, I was, like, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, someone, someone was talking about, like, I can't believe I got oh. to interview uh, Casey Jones. And I was like, who? And he was like, Elias. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck, man. You got to interview Storo, <laughs> oh, Staros yeah. from the Thin Red Line, also Casey Jones. From yeah, uh, I, uh, it was good stuff. Oh, good stuff. That, that would be that would be amazing but, if you just walked in there and shouted at him, "Cricket, you gotta understand crumpets to understand cricket." 
<laughs> just see what he does. See how quickly he leaves that interview. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he's he's still a very chilled out dude. Um, yeah, he he shook my hand afterward, and he was just like, "I like your energy, man." I was just like, "All right, this this guy's real into things." <laughs> real into things. Oh man. Okay. Yeah, I really hope that at some point my daughter grows up and like realizes that like Sean the Sheep was a big part of her her adjustment. <laughs> <sighs> so Sean the Sheep, Farmageddon. I, this is another thing. How is this like movies get marketed and and merchandised like crazy and this movie is just like begging for it. And it it goes with that thing of what you like cuz I wanted to buy my daughter a Sean the Sheep toy for Christmas. But I did it too late because with almost a month left to go, I still could not be assured that my Sean the Sheep toy would make it to me in time. And um, I just feel like you got this cute little alien thing that could light up. And like it has it. it we, we talked like not at all about the plot of this movie. Like it's like the way that they 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 telegraph how this creature like can mimic any sound is just hilarious. But I mean, like how. How much of a missed opportunity is it that they didn't make like a stuffed alien creature that has like light up ears <clears throat> and you can hit a button on its wrist and record your voice, you know? I'm I'm sure they have them in in Britain. In the UK. Oh man. But you know, our our Sean the Sheep doll has slept with her every night for five years. It's still it's still functioning. It's had some uh some surgery over the years it had uh as all good toys must yeah but it's he's he's still doing fine still in good shape speaking of um movies that netflix kind of rescued that are actually very good kids movies little prince i don't know that i like was that even in theaters like did that go straight to netflix i've only that was that was the netflix uh uh, sorry uh yeah, not rescue. They picked it up very early. Yeah. <laughs> rescue. I feel like that movie like was going to come out and then just didn't because like there was some financing thing. But like that's a good movie and uh it's just I think about it because my daughter really liked that movie. Um and then I got her the book uh The Little Prince and it came and it's with very the stuffed different. Box. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. But yes, that is a different book than the movie. Track down the the Bob Fosse version. Oh, really? There's a Bob Fosse version? Yeah, he plays the snake. Oh, wow. That makes That's sense. Great. Yeah, you can you can see it. Do you Google uh, Bob Fosse or look on YouTube for Bob Fosse Little Prince, and you'll see his snake dance. It's it's awesome. It's uh, Michael Jackson totally ripped it off. <laughs> wow. All right, I'm it's definitely really cool. gonna Google that. Yeah, 1974. Weird. Featured song is I Never Met a Rose. All right. Well, I know what I'm doing with the rest of my night. <laughs> <clears throat> Are there any final thoughts on either Sean the Sheep, Farmageddon, or the wide-ranging discussion we've had about children's art and our bleak hopes for the future therein? <laughs> we've still got some stuff to look forward to this year in terms of, yeah. you know, animated. I don't know I won't about say- that. That first Pixar movie. Onward? Um, yeah. I, uh... Okay. I loved that first trailer because I think you and I, Michael talked about this on the Anyara episode yes. where I was just like, so thrilled that it was like the eighties in a fantasy world. Cause I constantly <laughs> watch 
like Game of Thrones, and I'm like, why don't they have cell phones? You built the wall. <laughs> have 4, you seen 000. heavy metal? <laughs> you built the fucking wall four thousand years ago. It has a working elevator. How are we still using horses? <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah. I, w- I would I would say that that as a parent, uh, I've had better time taking my kids to like the repertory films that play in multiplexes than actual new release films. Like we've seen My Neighbor Totoro, we've seen Singing in the Rain, Wizard of Oz, and that kind of stuff. I know Cinemark plays it all the time. There's like mm-hmm. TCM puts out movies. Yeah, uh, you're far better off trying to get your kid to see Singing in the Rain than Sing. <laughs> Oh, and the kid sick. will like it more. Yes. If, and so, if they don't, you don't want to letters. keep that kid. Yeah, I think I think uh, you know it's people tend to just like look at the listings and say, "Oh, Frozen Two is out," but there are rep films to play in every city in the country all the time. Yeah, look a little deeper. That's that yeah. is actually that's that's very good. I was. I, I remember for, when I when I first had my daughter. Um, I was like, oh, I could go to like a kids screening of a thing, and they were all like Wednesday at ten a.m. And I was just like, this yeah. is bullshit. Like, what about the working they're for parents? The stay at home parents. Yeah, but what about the working parents who still want to go and see a movie <laughs> with their kid? You know, like that's annoying. Well, well they're for the stay at home parents to get out of the house and see a movie and not worry about like their kid making noise because everybody there has a kid making noise. True. So they're not screenings for kids. They're screenings for the parents. Yeah, but there were still some ones that were for kids movies. Like yeah. I saw I saw both and like I could understand sort of like the oh, you know, like it makes sense to go see the accountant or whatever. But yeah. um yeah, I was just a little annoyed that it wasn't like a specific like, you know, loud baby screening of, I don't know, Kubo and the Two Strings. Yeah, there's uh Basic, basic if you go to like a matinee screening on a weekday of a kids movie you're gonna assume that it's gonna there's, be full screaming kids there's a society there's a societal like yeah. compact of people just being like all right we get it it's fine yeah yeah <laughs> and, and you know one one thing that once once you're a parent um you know what it's like to have your kid being obnoxious in public and you're sympathetic with other parents who have kids who are being obnoxious in public. So like if you've never had a kid, you're just like, Oh, these stupid parents can't control their kids. But once you're one of them, you, you understand. And, and we all kind of look at each other and sigh and like, yeah, I know it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> kids are obnoxious. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's much more, it's, uh, it's more communal, you know, you don't feel like you're, you know ruining everybody's life there was a period where i was like i can never even though i am the parent who takes care of my daughter the most i I was still like i can never go out with her because if she cries people are going to be like oh look at that man he can't handle the child that his wife is raising and it's taken me a long time to like unlearn that even though people do like still say to me like oh is it your day to babysit and i was like fuck you this is my child it's called being a parent yeah, I would I would just often get like sympathetic nods from strangers like, yeah, I know I've been there. <laughs> They'll grow out of it. Don't worry. One day. Yeah. This is a stirring advertisement for parenthood. <laughs> I would say that it's a stirring. It's a stirring like uh, I think that I think that being a parent is great. I think that having to exist as a parent yeah. in a society that like undervalues parenthood and also like teaches no sympathy or empathy anymore can be very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, and usually the movies suck, but every now and then you get a Shaun the Sheep to lighten your load. 
good. I've yes. wrapped us up back on topic. <laughs> um, what are we talking about next weekend, Michael? Uh, I think it's the Invisible Man because I think we are waiting for Portrait of a Lady on Fire for it to expand uh, in early March. Okay, so <clears throat> Elizabeth Moss being harried by an Invisible Man. I'm kind of looking forward to it. I actually really, I, I liked Upgrade far more than I expected. Oh, is it the mm-hmm. same person? It's uh, Lee Winnell. Winnell? Yeah. Okay, that could be interesting then. Yeah. Great. Um, so yeah, all Upgrade right. Upgrade is good. Probably, probably talking about Invisible Man, Man next weekend. So look forward to that. Sure. Um, what else? Don't forget that uh, we are brought to you by Mubi. You can go to mubi.com for a free 30 day trial. So do check that out uh, if you are already looking at streaming stuff because you decided to watch Sean the Sheep. Um, <clears throat> again, that is mubi.com slash filmstage. Uh, also, don't forget to go to patreon.com slash the filmstage show to give us your money. And uh, that is that. When is like other than Portrait of a Lady on Fire? Like, what's the next movie that we're really looking forward to? I'm really excited for First Cow, personally. I don't. That's Kelly Reichert. Oh well, if it's a Reichert, then I'm on board. Yeah, Dune. Dune. When is Dune coming out? December. That's not. (laughs) Damn it, Bill. <laughs> all right. Uh, in all seriousness, Baccarat is coming out soon. A Brazilian film. is great. Based, yeah, I've heard some great things it's about really that one. Um, uh, just give me half a second, and I'll be able to remember. I refuse to give you. Oh, half uh, uh, Ride Your Wave is coming out soon. Uh, Masaki Yuasa. Oh, oh, is that coming out? Ooh, I'm yeah. excited for that. Let's see. Uh, Never Rip Boy too. Sometimes Always is coming out, which uh, was one of the Sundance breakouts. Uh, no Time to Die, the new Bond film, uh, is coming out. I'm just uh, deeply uninterested in that movie for some reason. The new Bond? Yeah. I thought you really like, uh, is that Boyle? Is that, is that, is that the director? No, it's no, that Fuganaga? Boyle left. It's Fuganaga now. I, you really I don't, I don't have an opinion on him. Oh, I know what movie I'm looking forward to the way back. Oh, God damn it, Frank. We're, we're going to talk about it. No, we're not. <laughs> we're no, going to talk not. about the way back. Thank you for listening to the drum <laughs> <laughs> That weekend, it's the way back or onward. Okay. I'm going to watch both. And then whichever one we do, I'm going to keep peppering in comments about the other one just to annoy Michael. Anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Let's tell the fine people Nothing at home where we plans. can be found between now and the next time. Let's start with our guest, Sean Gilman. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the end of cinema or uh, seattlescreenscene.com. Man, that, that Twitter handle just has like a more firm resonance after our conversation <laughs> regarding Sean Sheep and YouTube videos and Morphle. <laughs> Bill Graham. <laughs> Uh, you can find me on Twitter at CableBFG, and you can also find me walking my dog, mixing it up on the Slack channel. That's uh, not an innuendo. <laughs> mixing it up on the Slack channel or walking your dog? Walking my dog. Okay. Mixing it up on the Slack channel then is an innuendo. 
Michael Snydell. Okay. Where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at, at Snydell. Uh, you can also find me on Letterboxd, where I will be logging every Morphal episode. Um, and you, <laughs> Michael, uh, please watch an episode of Morphal and just <laughs> live tweet the shit out of it. Um, and I will have a review of Horse Girl uh, probably up tomorrow. Um, which is a, a movie that Netflix seemed to kind of dump, uh, starring Allison Brie. It's got a lot of cat people vibes. It's it's a little more interesting than I expected it to be. I'll, I'll have some words on that uh, probably by the time this is up. All right. As for me, you can find me on my personal site, BrianJerone.com. Uh, all of my social media stuff is under BrianJerone.com, or BrianJerone as well. So catch me there. Uh, you can find every episode of this here podcast, as well as writings from all of us, at filmstage.com. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us, and tune in next time. Bye.